The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. My good and gracious God, we thank you for the global village. We thank you that it is getting smaller and smaller, and yet, Lord, we are concerned that it is also getting more and more um, at risk in so many ways, and we pray for our climate. We pray for countries who are um, pushing the limits of war. We pray for all of us who are Concerned that your power, your love, and our witness will continue to be the glue that will hold this world together as one. Help our faith, whatever it is throughout the world, to be a source of lifting up uh, you, Lord, as the, uh, the ultimate power in all of our lives. And we pray that we can accept diversity and that we can accept differences and we can still love one another as Christ loves all of us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. What happened at the last service is that, you know, I get so carried away with Global Mission because it's a passion that I have that I didn't even look at my sermon and um, still managed to fill the time. It was uh, kind of scary in that way. But uh, what I'd like to do is to put up on the screen, Tad, I'm going to change the plan here and kind of dual focus uh, the sermon with also the, the dreams this year we have for meeting some of the Global Mission uh, goals. We did not have Global Mission Appeal last year, so it's been two years since uh, we talked about this. Some of you have been joined as new members, and so I hope that you will enjoy this. Some of you will be reviewing some of our programs there, but uh, the Global Appeal seems to be a perfect response to the Great Commission. Last Sunday, if you were here, you know the Blues Brothers was done, our, our holy humor skit, and Jesus, or Eric over here, was, uh, was in the white robe up front, And at the end, he basically gave the Great Commission. You know, the band is back together again. They've been scattered when they thought Jesus was crucified and died. Jake and Elwood were called to go out and get the band back together again. And then when they did get the band back together, Jesus gave them an assignment. He was going back to be uh, with his father and uh, delegated to all of us to go out and make music together and tell the world that Christ is alive. So I... um, I thought it was a perfect response to have the Global Appeal following that great commission. We have been been in um, partnership for 12 years with Tanzania, and it has been a growing partnership. Uh, We have lots of stereotypes when we go abroad, don't we? Sometimes, whatever country we're in, I think the value of getting out of our comfort zone and realizing how other people live and work Uh, enriches our understanding of God's uh, ability to create diversity in our world. 
not everybody has to think like us, talk like us, eat like us, walk like us. And our values are not the, the standard for the world. I think we, we need to learn that other people sometimes are ahead of us, even though they haven't had any of the opportunities, education, or privileges that we are so benefit, uh, lucky to have in our world. So I ask, uh, I'm asking that uh, we put up some of the goals this year. Uh, $10,200 is what uh, we're asking because it used to be that we would ask $25,000 for Global Mission. I'd still do that, and it's, I'm welcome to receive it because we can use it. But because Upper Dublin is sort of sought after by so many groups to come and make an appeal, uh, and next week David Kasevich would like to come from uh, St. James School, which is our local uh, school, a charter school that he has started, and uh, would like to talk to us about his program, I thought, well, let's just kind of balance all these programs so 10,200 is the goal. And here you have a little Joyce boy holding the whole world in his hands. And uh, that is really what God is doing, but asks us to be the, the support, sort of the stand that undergirds that uh, calling. Let's go to the first slide here. And I will just chat my way through. You have a brochure, which we put together, uh, Teresa did. And you can keep that. You can give it to other people that might be interested. But it talks about... Uh, some of the ministries that we have. We don't have a slide for one of our goals, which is when we go to Tanzania, it is such a joy to worship in the small mountain churches up in the hills. When I first went there, I thought that would be the only kind of churches we had, you know, adobe brick churches and very rudimentary. When I came to the village of Lushoto, where our head, headquarters is for the uh, Northeastern Diocese, which is a part of Tanzania we are companions with, uh, the church was bigger than Upper Dublin. It's a big A-frame with a big outside courtyard. And uh, I was like, oh. And, uh, and I don't know what I thought, but they had a band up front like we do, and they have the organ on the other side, and it was packed. And I, I was just surprised. The only difference in fun is that so the people who don't have offering money to give because there's, they're one of the poorest nations in the continent of Africa is Tanzania, they, um, they bring their chickens as a donation. And so I thought it was a pretty cool thing to look and see chicken. Uh, they bring them up and put them at the beginning of the service, a lot of them, sadly. Uh, and so they're there for the whole service. Talk about competition. But they put the chicken like in a bag so only their neck is out so they can't run around. And then there's a banana, a big branch of bananas that will be laying up front because they cut that from their orchard. Or there's bamboo uh, or sugar cane. And they put all of these offerings because they don't have financial money to give, but they give from their uh, livelihood. Well, <clears throat> one of my <laughs> enduring uh, loves is when I preached there, the second Sunday we're in town, because we're there eight days, we bridge two Sundays. The first Sunday we just receive the wonderful music, the singing, the dancing. They really, they really are lively. But the second Sunday, they have me preach, which I feel like so out of my element because I have to have an interpreter. And it's bad enough to have a sermon, you know, in, once in English, but have to listen to it twice, every sentence for the people. I feel so bad for them. But, uh, but I have to say, while I'm waiting to go on the second service, uh, some people that bring their animals... <laughs> They had a rooster one year, and they put the rooster in the sacristy uh, between the room I go out front in and the room I get dressed in. <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize, of course, the rooster was in the room. So I was coming through to go out to worship, and, I, and there's this rooster coming. 
right at me and I thought, oh my word. And of course, as roosters do, they drop things behind them all the way. And so <laughs> it was like a little dicey to walk my way through the sacristy. And then as I sat out front, he was back going, <laughs> and I said, this doesn't happen at Upper Dublin. It's, uh, it's kind of a nice feature. But, but after you're done with the, the service, <clears throat> we also have a, an auction. So everybody parades out to the courtyard. You may have heard this before. Make a huge circle. The choir sings. All the pastors go out. All the people go out make a big circle. And we have an auction. And that is for people who can't afford to bring money. They will bring the sugar cane outside. They'll bring the chickens. And they... The um, church council, this is something the church council to think about, they stand up front and they said, how much, it's all in Swahili, how much for this chicken? And everybody bids and then they sell the chicken. How much for the sugar cane? Well, what we try to do when we're there is the person who's giving their chicken probably can't afford to give the chicken. And so we're usually about to leave on our, our safari the last Sunday. So we, Bruce Wechter, whenever he would go, he would buy the chicken. You know, we'd outbid anybody, and then, we'd, we'd, and then they'd come with a chicken for us, which isn't real handy when we're going home. And so then we just give it back to the people who brought it and said, you need it worse than we do. So all these customs are kind of dear to us. But going up the, the mountains, the last time we went, they had a big service downtown. Then we jumped in the Jeeps, and we drove up this mountain road to the smallest church on top of the hill, which is Quemashai. And it looks something like the picture you have on the, the bottom here. Uh, it's not on the, the board, that's why I'm pointing it. And they have put adobe bricks together. Each parishioner uh, helps make the church. This is what's so cool. They make the bricks, form them, pour them, store them, and they build their church brick by brick, and then they outline the windows, and the, the windows may or may not ever arrive because the glass is too expensive. They're sitting on benches, as you see. This is their pews, the little bench, so no matter what age or stage you are, that's all you got is a little bench. It's about eight inches wide, and, uh, and so we have helped pay for a couple churches to get um, their roofing put on, and Quemashai was so grateful to us, we gave them 4000 for their roof, that they brought us up to worship there for the second service of Sunday, and what a joy, what a joy to worship in that outdoor kind of setting and see the, the cement dripping down the walls and know the people themselves have made the church. It's just, it's just so spectacular. Now, one of the things we started 12 years ago is a scholarship program. We learned over the years for the teenagers that uh, after eighth grade, they would drop off the chart because the schools, uh, you had to um, pay for school after eighth grade. It wasn't free, and so no one had the money to do this. Or one of four children would get chosen to be the one to go, mostly the boys, and the girls would not get to continue. So we began to finance education for a group of students, but I wanted them not just from the big downtown cathedral, I wanted all the little outposts in the mountains to have access to. We did that, but found the students, the schools have no, some of them out in the outlying areas, they have no science department, they have no after-school tutoring, they have no laboratory, they they have no resources but a room and a blackboard. And they have to pass a national test in order to go on in school to the next levels in high school. Nobody in those schools could pass any of the tests. And so even though we helped them get through 8th and ninth grade, they couldn't pass the test. So what we've transferred in, there's a scholarship committee at Tenzin in uh, Lesotho that they have put together, Cathedral. We are now financing, at a much higher cost, a student to go to boarding school, a parochial school, which has got a higher success rate. This is Kongay. The girls here you can see are very well uh, 
look like they're well turned out with their books. They have a science lab, and um, they're going to be asking for, for uh, scholarship money. It's about, about uh, $1,200 to go here for the year. Now, compare that to local boarding school here. It's not bad. But anyway, we are $2,000 short in the scholarship program this year. We asked for 11000 and so we just need 2000 more to get us to our goal. And uh, we have about 20 students now going to boarding school that will have a better success rate. The members in Cathedral Church have um, microloans for the women who are widows. If you're a widow, you really have no means of support. And so uh, they, they get three dollars $400 to start any kind of business making placemats or... Uh, donuts for coffee hour, whatever, and so we give several of the churches downtown and then up in the mountains. The women just love that we're supporting them. So we asked for 1200 for that. The next one is, slide, is uh, Pastor Liu, our Chinese pastor who's been here 32 years and used to have worship at the end of the building, you know, for about 25 years or more, has um, retired from that, but now is even more fully in mission and every time I see him, he's just coming back from some other country, he is now Clifford, our Chinese pastor, who is really kind of joined here, is going to Kyrgyzstan, which I didn't know Eric said he has been actually serving there when he was in the military, which is uh, north, let's see, north of Afghanistan and south of China, and mostly Russian-oriented. And so they are mostly Muslim, but they have allowed, with Clifford's magnanimous personality, the um, college-age Muslim children are attending a Christian school. They've let the Christian missionary in, Clifford, and that's, it's really stunning in a Muslim country, with permission to teach. Now, they're not teaching Christianity, but I think they are hoping that they will catch the message by being. This is the way Clifford does things now. He's very wise. They also have a Muslim orphanage there, um, because there's a seventh, seventh poorest country in the world, and the orphanage, he also is, he teaches them songs and things about Jesus, just slowly begins to evangelize. And so he like, he's trying to get much more than 1,500, but this is what we think we could afford to try to bring forward for him. Now, the next one is um, Pastor Mark Bathala. And um, Mark, you're here. Why don't you come up? I'll give you like three minutes if you want to explain what you're doing. Mark's been a, pa- a member here for three years. He's Lutheran, long legacy of uh, Lutheran missionaries in India. And uh, he has a passion for his, of course, his mission, and we're trying to add a little support for him. Thank so. you. Good morning, everyone. On behalf of Vision and Missions Ministry, as well as Reverend Victor Rampogu, I greet you all. And we started this ministry in 2006 with orphan children. Right now we have 80 orphan children and in various locations. And uh, last year we purchased a used building which can accommodate 30. We finished the first floor, uh, completed, and uh, children are living there. And apart from these orphan children, we support regularly every month with the uh, prayer support and uh, financial support from churches like us and continuously without break. Everybody is getting good education in Christian school as well as clothing and food. And we have more than 17 prostitute women so far who accepted Christ. After accepting, the, uh, accepting Jesus Christ, we can't leave them in the street. 
we got to take care of them so that they won't go back to earn money selling their bodies. So what we did, we hired an instructor uh, uh, teaching tailoring and knitting for the ladies as well as the children, buying some sewing machines there. So far we bought seven sewing machines. We still need a lot so that they will learn by themselves. Not only that, they will support the ministry also. They were all baptized. The whole family accepted Jesus Christ. Now they are in safe hands of Jesus. And then we have widows. Like here, the pastor's wife cannot work outside the church, only supporting the church. She's not allowed. That is in India, all over India. So out of these women, there are two pastor's wives who were killed daylight while the pastors are preaching in the street. So when we got the information, we took care of raising funds to various churches and local pastors, they're also supporting now. And what is their future? We got to train them some other trade so that they can live by themselves, educate their children also. So most of these widows, they have children. So we are taking care of them. These are the three projects. Another third project is we don't have a worship center. We finished the, the first floor on the used building. Now we are trying to construct second floor so that all can worship there. And this year, that is last month, we went there to India and we rescued two girls. Our pastor gave some support to us. With, we used that money. These are 13-year-old girls who were sold to Arab countries for prostitution. We got a tip through, the, uh, through friends. We informed the police. With the help of the police, we paid their money to the contractor. We rescued them. They are, these two girls are with us now, going to school. They are safe. They cannot, nobody can take them back. The pastor is in charge for them, taking care of them. These things are common in India and Pakistan. So we are so concerned. We need your, uh, not only financial support, we need your regular prayers. God will help. And uh, without all these problems, even though we face problems, persecution is there. But still, we are the winners. We are not losers. God is with us. Wherever we go, God is strengthening us. God is uh, helping us to take care of his work. God bless you all. Thank you, pastors. Thank you, Mark. God bless it is, uh, It's very um, awesome and inspiring to hear both what uh, Pastor Bathala and Pastor Lou are doing in the mission field. Uh, let's go to the next slide. We have, uh, of course, you've heard South Sudan is so hungry. They're dropping food from helicopters and rice and all. It's just in, a, it's in the midst of another civil war. People are starving. This is something you can do on your own going online to the ELCA, the, our national body, elca.org. 
They have an online way of contributing if you'd like, but we also would do it through the church here for $1,000 to go to hunger relief there. And our next slide is none other than Mr. Manasseh. He's one of my favorite. I said before I don't like to call a man adorable, but Mr. Manasseh really fits the bill to be adorable. I've known him many trips. It's my fifth trip this summer. He's the music director at Cathedral, and he's also... teaches music at the Evangelist School, the Vuga Bible School, teaches a two-year program. Uh, There's many teachers there, but his department is music. And the two-year study of evangelism then makes people able to work in churches as Christian ed directors, youth directors. And so it's another Lutheran organization. Mr. Manasseh is uh, very passionate about email. And the first years that I was affiliated with Tanzania, Nobody could ever write an email. It would be like three weeks before I'd hear something. It was so frustrating. Twelve years later, he's got a cell phone that seems to work overtime. He, he writes me often on Saturday nights, and he doesn't seem to remember we're eight hours behind him. And so while he's uh, getting ready for something, he's writing me, and it's three in the morning when I get the ping on my cell phone, and I know it's one of my Tanzanian friends. But he says the dearest thing. He says... Um, my dear Machingaji Diane, I am getting ready for the divine worship at Cathedral, and I am here in my office polishing my shoes for worship. And <laughs> I think it's so fun to get these messages from him. Well, the joy is Andrew McMaster, who is going, and Kevin, who are both musically inclined, are going to work with him specifically. This is a new twist in our partnership to uh, help set up for him, should we are lucky enough to get money to buy him a laptop computer and the software that goes in it for music creation. Um, they're going to train him how to use all of that, and then we can exchange music between each other, and um, it's going to be fabulous. I know you want to have more Swahili songs, and so this way you can get more of them. And uh, Andrew has written an anthem that the choir sang for Christmas for him, and he had it in Swahili for them, which was really cool. So this is a new department, Exchanging Music, the Universal Language, and uh, so he has been a very great resource. He takes, he's, takes The reason he's adorable, he takes a picture of himself with every email that I get, and he's in the garden here, and this was Easter, and then the next one will be sitting on a post somewhere with a background of mountains, and the next one will be... So he's, he really should be a photographer. And then we have our new team that's coming to... to um, to Tanzania on July 27 we leave and we're going on uh, an Arab airline Qatar Airlines to Doha and then on down so it keeps our attention you know we hear it's very good and uh, so anyway these folks are all going you know Andrew Debbie Batista, uh, who's on council young mom and uh, doing a thousand things here and Kevin is the newest member and youngest one and he is on council and also uh, Stephanie Jacob is coming Uh, So it's a sacrifice to leave the young children at home this summer for um, 15, 18 days, but they're going to do it, and I'm very excited for them all to work with us and get to know our partnership. So you will be hearing more about us. You know that we have to sing and dance. We we showed you what we did last time. The, um, The tradition in Tanzania is to sing songs at the beginning of when you greet. So whenever we get out of a car from the top of the mountains, the women sing and dance and surround the car, and then they go into the church, and the pastor has to give some sort of an update on what's happened in the last three years since we saw them last. And then they expect us always to sing and dance back. Well, the first year we did that, I think you may have heard us say, we were all were like, what? 
sing? Oh, ooh. So, um, so I had, I think it was the second year, we, really. We had, um, I think, five of us. And we decided, because we were driving around in these jeeps in the mountains, and they were so, the mountain roads are very steep, very winding, and they have no guardrails. So you look down and think your life is passing before your eyes if you slip. And so our backs were killing us, and you pick up anybody that's driving on the road. It's very inclusive, so if there's people walking, get on in so everybody's in there. And So it's very hard on your back. So we decided as women we were going to sing a fine American song for our response song, which was... She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. And so, and then we got to the, and they laughed. I don't know why it was so funny to them. But then we sang, she'll be driving six white horses when she comes. Yeehaw! Well, I tell you, it was a hit. So we are now prepared. We get ready before we go. Last time we went, we did the I'm Happy by um, Pharrell. And we had music, canned music and our little computer and we'd put it down and then we were ready for our show so this is something we have learned it's the song response tradition there and um and then one guy said to me pastor you have these notes all you can you have these notes and they're laminated cards because the pastor has to give some sort of little chat and welcome and i do it in swahili to the degree i can well i can only speak swahili pretty much in liturgical phrases so i can say the lord be with you the peace of God be with you, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is about the way I talk um, for them. And so one day we were in the marketplace, I maybe told you this too, and one, the Tanzanians are so lovely and so hospitable, but the marketplace, nobody knew who we were. These people were selling fruit, and they were kind of kibitzing about these Americans. I could just feel it was like, and so I thought, hmm, I'm going to see if this works. I don't know how to say how much is an orange, but I could say, Amani Iwe Kwenu in Swahili, which is peace be with you. And they went, oh. <laughs> And I, I just kept moving because if they responded, I, I wouldn't be able to na- say anything else but in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, <clears throat> but sometimes it's, it's okay to have one or two liturgical phrases to get by, but keep moving. Don't stop for the conversation. So, so, why do we do this global mission stuff? Why do we? Craig Kester, who's from the ELCA, he says, um, because we have so much to learn. We have so much to learn from other cultures, other traditions, about how to practice faith. I'm always humbled when I go to Tanzania that the people, it's just the lay people that pray at the drop of a hat all the time. The Lutheran tradition here, it's pretty much you kind of willing to delegate to the professionals to do that stuff. Everybody freezes pretty much if you ask them to pray around here. But in Tanzania, we're getting in the car, ready to go somewhere. Let's pray. Will you pray for, let's pray for our journey. And any one of the people just goes into prayer. And so I was so impressed with that, that it is, it's just universal. And we pray all the time, everywhere we go, not just in church. They really do live the faith. And they, they really do love having guests. And so they're honored to have us I, I'll conclude with a story about Joseph. You've heard me talk, I think, about this dear man who is now about 85. He lives at the top of the mountain in the littlest church, and he, he lived next to the church all his days. He cleared the ground for the first little church that only had uh, six benches in it made out of wood. They make their benches themselves. And he cleared the ground when they built that out of bricks. 
that kind of was rotting away. So they built the new church, which we've helped them put the roof on. Forty years later, he cleared the ground for the new church, and he's still living there, and he's still there. The biggest joy, I see Joseph every time I go, the biggest joy um, he has is to read. And when we brought this, the glasses last time, the reading glasses we collect, he went through the glasses, and the joy was, I can read the scripture again because I finally have glasses. I can sing the songs in the hymnal again because I have reading glasses. Now, these might have been used glasses. They may have been women's glasses. They may have looked ridiculous on him, but it was his highest value was to be able to read God's word and to continue. He is so dear. When I left one year, he walked all the way down the mountain. It must take an hour to walk down the mountain. And he walked down to bring me what he found on the road to say goodbye was a stone. I mean, it was like a small child saying, look what I found. But it had a little sparkle in it. He doesn't have two cents to roll together, but he came and gave me the stone and said he hopes he'll see me again next time. And uh, I'm telling you, those moments in Tanzania are so touching and um, so precious. We have, we have lots of stuff, but we sometimes don't have the quality of faith and commitment that just is immersed in the life of our partners. So, so we have much to learn from our partners in Tanzania, and I hope that you will find it worthy of supporting us once again this year. Thanks be to God. Amen.